Hey, what's happening? It's Tommy White from Love Honey. And when I'm trying to look for the hottest, newest, coolest rock and roll music, I check out the Hook Rock Community Podcast with my boy, Jay Scott. Everybody, it is Jay Scott. What's going on? How's everybody doing? Welcome back to another episode of the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Hope everybody's staying safe, staying healthy. Unfortunately, it looks like we're knee deep in the second wave of COVID as cases are spiking all over the country, especially here in Chicago. I think we had the highest seven day period out of any state in the country. So rumors are abound that we're going to be going under another shutdown, lockdown, whatever you call it here within the coming days. I hope none of you have to deal with that. I know a lot of uh, states are considering it, but it's going to be a long, cold winter like the Cinderella album. And hopefully we get past this and through this and come out the other side stronger than ever. Once again, we offer an escape for you. Music commentary, great interviews like the one we're going to do today as I welcome in our next guest, another repeat guest, a repeat offender, and that is Abby Kay. What's going on, Abby? How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. How are things going there in North Carolina? Um, Things are going pretty well for me. Uh, I've been working a lot on school and music lately, but I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. How much longer do you have in school? Is this your senior year? So, technically, yes. I'm a homeschooled senior in high school, and I'll graduate high school in May. But also, I attend community college at the same time, and I'll also have an associate's degree in May. Wow. That's awesome. What uh, What's the degree yeah. in? I'll have an associate of arts, and then I'm going to go to an actual university fall 2021 and I'll only have two or three semesters and I'll be majoring in music business. So I'll have a four year degree by the time I'm 19. Yeah. That's awesome. What school are you going to go to? Um, I'm actually going to a school uh, local here in North Carolina. It's called Catawba College. Um, I've been going up there for about a year and a half now. Um, to plan their music ensembles because it's a very small college and, you know, bassists are kind of hard to find. So they invited me up there about a year and a half ago, and I've made a lot of good friends up there, so I figured why not just stay local and go there. Well, good for you. That sounds like you're going to be have a lot going on next year. You've got some new yeah. music that we're going to talk about. you got school. 
Let me ask you this. You know, being a young person that you are, are you 17 or 18? I'm 17, going on 18 pretty soon. Great, great. So what's it been like for someone your age to deal with a pandemic that, you know, a person my age has never been through, but we have a little bit different perspective because we're older and, and, you know, we've kind of lived our life as we have, and you are kind of more or less you know, entering, you know, your life. I mean, obviously you've been, you know, on the earth for 17 years, but you know, when you yeah. get into your late teens and your twenties, you really start living life. You really start experiencing different things. What's it been like for you with your thought process, with how you view things and see things with what's going on in, in terms of how you're dealing with it? So honestly, I have two ways of looking at it. I can look at it as a professional musician and I can look at it as I'm a human being too. I'm still a 17 year old girl and that's where it gets pretty personal, but I'll start with music. Um, summer 2020 was supposed to be my first tour and I was going to go all over the East coast, even going into the Midwest a little bit. And that was so disappointing to me. However, there's all of these reasons you can be disappointed. Like, you can be so heartbroken about so many things that didn't happen. But I'm also very proud of how the rock community, and honestly the music community itself, has really come together and has gotten so creative. Like, now there's so many ways to do live streams. And social media is bigger than ever. So I think there's so many ways you can be down about how it's affected the music scene. But... I feel like we've been so creative, and I'm honestly really proud of that. So then we get into how it's affecting me personally. Um, mental health is a very big thing for me because um, my mom is actually a therapist, and I feel like nowadays, like therapy and mental health, that's more of a common thing, more things that people can actually talk about. And I think... I can speak for every 17-year-old on the planet that right now with online school and with not being able to see friends, it's hard on your mental health. Is a 17-year-old girl, like this is supposed to be my senior year in high school. I don't get to go to football games, which honestly, I don't know if I would have anyways, but now that I actually can't, maybe I would have. Um, I'm not going to get a high school graduation. I'm not going to get so many, many of these things that I've wanted since I started going to school. And so I do think, like, personally, it does affect your mental health. And it's very important to kind of stop and rethink things a little bit. Make sure you're doing okay. Yeah, it's really important. You know, that's a great perspective that you have. Um, I have a nephew who graduated high school last year, and he did not have a ceremony. He didn't have a prom. He didn't have any of that. And I was disappointed for him because he – Every kid, every young person in high school should experience those things. And it's Mm -hmm. unfortunate because of this virus and because of what's happened as a result of it and all these people that are getting infected. And, you know, I think it's up up to around a quarter of a million people that have died from it. It's just, you know, it's unexpected. It's, It's disappointing. But I think especially for young people who want to live their lives and should live their lives and mm-hmm. are unable to do so, right? I mean, life up until this point 
for most teenagers, for most young people, has been fun, right? I mean, it's it, there's not a lot of worry yeah. that you have as you get older, and 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 you shouldn't have a lot of worry as you know a young person. But now I feel like this burden of this pandemic is resting on the shoulders of young people. You mentioned mental health, how important that is. And, you know, people are struggling. Young people are struggling because they can't really make sense of it because it's been so different than anything they've dealt with prior to that. Yeah. And for the people in my grade is seniors. Last year, our junior prom was canceled. This year, our senior prom is canceled. So there's now people that never get to go to prom, not because they decide not to, but because they can't. And, I mean, as a little girl when I saw on like TV shows, like high schoolers, juniors and seniors, they go to prom and that's supposed to be this big special night. And there's so many people now that never get the opportunity to experience that. Outside of music, which of course keeps you busy. I mean, the music you've put out this year, we've got, you know, or you've got another EP or new EP coming out, which we're going to talk about. So you've been able to keep yourself busy during this downtime, which it's so awesome that you have that outlet to to do that. What are some of the other things yeah. that you're doing? Is it just concentrating on music and obviously finishing up school? But has have, have those two things been been able to keep your mind off of you know the the heaviness that is this pandemic? So because I'm having like so much time at home. Um, I really had to like keep myself busy, but also like busy in a good way to be productive. So every day I get up, I go and work for actually Ricky Rackman from the Cat House Hollywood. And then I come home, I do my schoolwork, I write songs, I just kind of have some downtime. And then I go work a second job in the evening. So I'm really keeping myself busy. So I don't just have a lot of time to just like lay in bed and do nothing Um, because usually like I don't know I think distracting myself by being productive is a really good thing for me Um, but then I also do like to give myself downtime to just watch Netflix you know as someone who makes music um, what are you planning for the future I, I just had a great conversation with Tyler Baker from Goodbye June and we were talking about his or their band, the Goodbye June's latest album, and how a lot of musicians that he knows, a lot of bands that he knows, are going to come out swinging in 2021. I know I've mentioned Mm -hmm. a lot how 2020, I thought, was going to be a big year for rock and roll. Obviously, that didn't happen. Things had to be paused and postponed. But I think that tension or that release of music that all these bands and musicians are feeling and fans craving it and wanting it is a recipe for success for rock music for young artists such as yourself. How do you feel about the future? It's going to be here before we know it. Are you prepared for it? What are you doing to prepare for it? And what do you foresee for next year if we believe that the pandemic's going to slow down and things are going to get back to normal? Honestly, I have no idea. I know what I hope happens, but really no one knows exactly what's going to happen. Obviously, I didn't get to go on my 
summer 2020 tour. So hopefully that turns into summer 2021 tour. Um, but again, we don't know that because uh, even now, if tomorrow everything opens back up, not everything can because things shut down for good during this, like music venues. And then if this keeps going on for another six months, what if everything has to shut down? Um, so that's just, we don't really know what's going to happen with music. And there's been some talk that live streams are going to be the next, you know, like actual live shows. And as much as I think live streams are a great thing that have been created during this, it's not the same as a concert. And I'm just really hoping that 2021 opens up. We all get to go on tour and everyone gets to go back to live concerts. But unfortunately I'm not how, I'm not sure how much that's going to actually happen. It is a great question to think about, you know, to think about what the impact this pandemic is going to have on live music. Small theaters. I already know uh, there's some music venues here in Charlotte that have already closed down for good. Yeah. And there's some here in Chicago too, as well. And across the country. And we don't know if they're going to come back. The likelihood is that they won't, but I still think I always try to be positive and I always try to think of how it can happen. And I think because so many people want to see live music again and people are just itching yeah. to get out there. I do think it's going to take a while, um, you know, possibly a year or two, but I think when people start to see the need and the want for live music, you know, it's all based on supply and demand. So if there's a demand for it and people are wanting to go to these clubs and these theaters, I think eventually you'll see a resurgence. It's not a guarantee. I know that. I'm not foolish to think that it's, you know, it's definitely going to happen. But that's how my mind thinks. That's how my mentality is, is that, yeah, maybe the first mm-hmm. year or two is going to be rough, but maybe if we wash through it and, you know, people are going out to shows and bands are touring and bands are... Because if you go by the idea that there's going to be so much new music next year and there's going to be so many bands that are going to be touring and playing in these small clubs and theaters, the effect of that is going to be, hey, you know, more clubs are going to be opening eventually. How long that will take, I don't know. But that's, you know, like I said, I like to be positive. That's that's how I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also, like, I've been thinking about this as a small artist. Um, once everything opens up again, if that really does happen, everyone is going to be trying to tour at once and there's not enough music venues for every band that wants to tour. So then I'm like, okay, well, are the venues going to book the smaller acts or they're probably going to book the larger acts because that'll bring in more money that they've lost. And then that kind of, we, us younger artists have to figure out a way how to play live music whenever everyone starts touring again because the venues are going to probably book Molly Crew instead of Abby K. Yeah, but I mean Motley Crew is going to play bigger venues as it is. You know, I mean, are there going I mean are there going to be clubs, you know, the size that Abby K can play in that you can play in? And I think there will be. Will there be as much 
Probably not. You know, will that small club in yeah. Omaha, Nebraska survive throughout this? Probably not. But will there be clubs like in Chicago or New York or Boston in the larger cities? I think so. And I think there's also going to be opportunity, you know, once there's, you know, vacancies and, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the real estate market. You know, a lot of people think the longer this goes, it's going to affect, you know, how many, how much vacancies and real estate rates across the country. I believe that. I think that just makes sense. And with that, you're going to have entrepreneurs that are looking to open up a rock club or a music club for live performances. If they see all these bands touring and a, a saturated market, and normally a saturated market would not be good, but I think in this case it will be just because I think. You know, people are like myself. I haven't been to a show since last November. I usually go to 20, 30 shows a year and I'm just like mm-hmm. begging to go. I mean, I, you know, I mean, obviously yeah. there has to be a treatment or, or some sort of vaccine or whatever to make me feel more comfortable. And I think that's coming. But I think there's a lot of people in, you know, in the same boat that want to go see live performances. And one thing that I've noticed, too, with you is that during this downtime, you've really been able to build an audience for yourself, which is huge. Yeah. Um, so I think, honestly, I think a lot of musicians have been really taking advantage of social media. Like at the beginning of the pandemic, we had a month at home. And so I started taking social media courses and I got certified in social media. Um, and then I've been using that to try and grow my following and honestly start a following because I am such a new young artist um and I do think I've been pretty successful with that over the past few months and then I've also been able to use that knowledge I learned in those courses to start managing social media for a few small businesses and I think honestly the key to growing a following right now is social media and releasing music and that's really what I've been focusing on this past summer well, you've been busy, you know, since the last time we talked, which I think was right before the pandemic began, um, just right before, mm-hmm. I think it was back in March, you and I spoke. Since then, you've released a couple singles. You've got an EP coming out at the first week of December. Let's go with the with the singles. The last one is I Thought That I Loved You, which I thought was a great song. What Very well done. Thank you. And the video was was awesome as well and I think it really captures you know the youth of today and that's I think what you want you know being a young artist as you are and having the need to connect with young people I think you're ahead of the game with how you're marketing yourself to kind of try to grab that audience because there is the classic rock audience and I've mentioned this before I'm part of that crowd not everyone is like me or or some a few others that like new music. Most of us that are classic rock fans are comfortable with what we know, and we're going to stick to it. Whereas, you know, I look at my son, who I've mentioned before, his friends, they're starting to get into the rock music genre much more than a couple of years ago. And I think, you know, being on the front lines as you are, releasing music, the video is... is more th- more geared towards the youth. I think that's a huge thing. Did, did that all come into play when you were creating the the idea for the video, when you were writing the music? Did you have a vision for when you did that? Um, yes, I actually did. So I've been 
trying to write more relatable music. Um, for example, everyone has some sort of bad relationship story um, that is at least a teenager now. And I think because I've been writing music that's relatable for everyone, I've been able to grab a little more of the younger audience. And then also I've been trying to um, change how things sound without changing the big picture. Like I am still a rock and roll musician, but my melodies have been a little bit more poppy and I'm using a little bit different of guitar tones on there to get maybe some people interested in rock and roll without really having them realize that they're listening to a rock song. Um, like a band that I like to, a band that I'm heavily inspired by is Hailstorm because I think they do a great job of having a rock and roll song be a little bit poppy. Not that it's a pop song, but that they might be able to grab some pop listeners and have them listen to a, a rock and roll song. No, it makes sense. And I think you're really smart to do that because I think it, it widens your audience. It, it has, you know, the Abby K audience is, is becoming a, a bigger, a bigger tent, if you will, you know, where, you know, obviously you have your influences and, you know, we know what those are because you're, you're open about that and you've talked about those influence, you know, those influences before, but capturing the young audience because once the youth becomes a fan of you, they're going to be a fan of you for life. They're going to listen to you as they grow. And as you grow as a musician and then as an artist and, and, you know, you're starting to write about different things as you move on in your life, you're growing with your audience. I think that's a huge thing. I think that's where you want to be. Yeah. So the new, you know, the video you released before that was Rock the Rock, which was another great song that you put out. Uh, explain that song. What was the process with that? What was the idea for the video with Rock the Rock? So Rock the Rock actually came about um, at the very beginning of 2020 um, after a few things happened, but basically over Christmas break, someone asked me, what I was going to do with my life. And I said, oh, I want to be a musician. And then they kind of just laughed at me and said, oh, that's just a phase. One day you'll grow up and be a doctor. And that really got under my skin and irritated me because it's not just a phase. And I know that's like a cliche to say, but it's, it's not just a phase. It's kind of like a lifestyle for me being a musician. And then another thing happened, um, trying to think all the way back to this this year has been such a blur um a publication released a chart um of the top rock songs of the decade and the top rock songs of the decade on there were pop songs and were not rock songs at all and that really bothered me so rock the rock was kind of like a testament to rock and roll is alive and watch me do it i'm right here there's people out here playing real rock music. It's just not getting getting covered in the media. Does it bother you that people are trying to redefine rock music? I don't know. Um, I definitely think rock music is changing. Um, it does not sound the same as it did in the 70s and 80s because 
we have different technology and we have different systems. We have different methods now. Um, and honestly, the people aren't the same. Uh, like, I wasn't making music in the 70s and 80s because I wasn't alive. And I think different people have different takes on what it is and there's now different influences. And so I do think it's changing. Um, but I don't know that it's a bad thing because I do think that over time things have to progress. We just want to make sure that it's progressing in a good way, not in a negative way. But you mentioned, you know, how when you read the top rock songs of the decade, and I know what list you're talking about, and it bothered me. Mm -hmm. And seeing that these artists that are defined as rock are not rock music. It's, It's just not. And... You know, as, he, as you, who is, you know, in the beginning stages of your career and you want to be a musician, you want to play rock music, you want to rock the rock, you know, I have to, I mean, for me, as as someone who's older, it bothers me that people are trying to redefine rock as, you know, what we considered pop music back in the day. And, you know, when I talk to my son about pop music and I, you know, I play him some Duran Duran or I play him some other things that were popular in the 80s that were not that were considered, you know, pop rock or or new wave. He even says he's like, he's like, if this was pop music now, he's like, I would actually tolerate it. You know, I mean, I would actually listen to it. Whereas, pop music is something that I don't even know how to define. I don't even know if there's real instruments being played. And now you're seeing rock music being redefined by publications, by organizations, whether it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame whether it's, you know, Rolling Stone music, whether it's Billboard, whatever it is, I'm looking at it and I listen to it. I'm like, this isn't rock music. This is not guitar-driven. It's not, you know, the middle finger that rock music always has been. What, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I I know, you know, you're younger and obviously you're talking about the new technology that exists. So music is going to sound different just because of basic evolution. But someone who's been influenced by, whether it's Motorhead or ACDC and other bands, and you know what rock and roll is at someone you know at such a young age, does it sit well with you, or does it be like, well, I'm just going to do my own thing? That's kind of a hard question. I've never really thought about that. Um, well, I guess I try to do what's best for myself and my music, Um, because I mean that's really what you have to do right now so I do like to keep the influences of Iron Maiden and Motorhead in my music Um, lately I've been compared to Queensryche and Lita Ford so that's I I will definitely take that Um, I do like to keep that in my music to have you know my true roots of who I am and what I love but then I do also you know have a little bit of the modern technology um in my music but i do not do anything like i have real instruments on my song i'll put it that way and i think that's what makes a rock song rock and roll um all of these programmed instruments that are in pop songs now and these beats that's not in rock and roll um that's I would clarify that as pop music um, or a different genre, but real distorted guitars and 
a rock drum kit, that is what I define rock and roll as. Um, so I definitely will always keep that in my music. And But other than that, I mean, the new technology with music, I do use that stuff because it's honestly just a lot easier now. I mean, we don't have to do the tape recording. I was watching an interview with Eddie Van Halen shortly after he passed, and he was talking about how he doesn't use a lot of effects, or he didn't use a lot of effects in his playing. He was just plugging the chord into the amp, and he was just chasing, chasing tone with how the instrument was built and what was on the instrument, and that's how he was able to get that tone. There was no, you know, very few of any pedals used or anything like that. What's your view on that? I know, obviously, you're from a different generation, so you have a different perspective on things. I know I just, like, I'm, I, I talked to Tyler Baker from Goodbye June prior to this interview, and his new album is, is or their new album is just plug and play in the instrument and getting more of that, call it a dry feel or a wet feel, or I don't forget how he phrased it, but... He's, you know, they, they made a conscious effort to kind of get back to basics. Is that, you know, what's your perspective on how you record music and what you want it to sound like? So I actually love the modern bands that are doing that, that aren't using any effects and just plugging and play. I actually really do love that sound. Um, however, that's not what my band has done yet. Um, I'm not sure if we will do that in the future. Um, but for me, for my bass tone, I really do just plug in and play. Um, it all comes through my pickups and my strings and my bass. That's, I mean, that's exactly what you hear. Um, I don't, I don't really use any effects on my bass. However, I know that my two guitarists do. Um, but it's not the same as like Eddie Van Halen because now they have new technology. I think one has a Kemper, one has an Axe Effects, and they just have these different sound patches that sound like anything they want to. Um, so I do know that the guitars are not just completely dry. Um, however, my, my bass tone usually is. The new EP is out first week of December. It's called The Playroom, or live from The Playroom, I should say. And yes. it's got four cover songs on it. It's got the Danzig cover of uh, the Danzig song Mother, it has Rock and Roll Party in the Streets, the Great Axe song, Highway to Hell by ACDC, and Ace of Spades by Motorhead. Great selection of songs. What was behind the process of selecting these these great tunes? So Live from the Playroom was a live stream we did back on July 26th that we recorded the entire set, and we picked four of, I think, ten songs and the selection was so hard. Um, but I knew going into it that I wanted to have Rock and Roll Party in the Streets on it because that was my favorite song growing up. Like, absolute favorite song. And then besides that one, I think we really just picked the ones that sounded best and that, you know, like, really showed people who we are the best. Um, like, there is no editing on this EP. Everything you hear is exactly what was played. I mean, there's some hiccups in there. There's some little things in there that 
if it was a like a actual recorded and released song we would have probably went back and fixed it but this is a live ep and a lot of people will go back and edit their live stuff but we didn't want to do that because if we're going to market this as live it's going to be live it's an interesting way to record and an interesting release too i mean you've released three songs in the, over the last year that were all original decide to do the covers great selection like i mentioned before of the songs i think they really fit your talents very well so let's go through them i mean i mean the song mother by danzig i i I didn't know which one when i saw when when you sent me the files to listen to it had mother on there and i'm like is it the pink floyd one is it the danzig one which one is it of course it was danzig (laughs) so what was behind recording that and choosing that to play because that's a very you know, a song that falls into some of the punk elements too that Danzig was known for. It's a very recognizable song. In fact, all these songs are very recognizable. But let's start first with with Mother by Danzig. Tell us about so, your interest in in this song. So all of these songs kind of came into my life at a different time. Um, Mother is definitely the most recent Um I think I heard my dad sing that song maybe three years ago in the car. And I I love, like, just a little side piece of information. I love when my dad sings in the car, but I don't want him to know that um, because that's really, like, where I hear songs for the first time is through my dad. And so I guess I just heard my dad sing it maybe three or four years ago, and he sounded good. So I went home, I looked it up, and... I just started learning it, and before I knew it, it was added into our set, and I think we do that one pretty well. It may be one of my favorite songs that we play. Have you become a Danzig fan as a result? You know, Danzig and the Misfits and all that, have you, you know, been able to kind of tap into that? So actually, yes, a little bit. Um I've done some more research with Danzig, and I do have a new favorite Danzig song, but I didn't know that until after the live stream. But Twist of Cain, that's my favorite Danzig song. And then also, I had never really heard the Misfits. Obviously, I knew that they were a very iconic band, but I had never really looked them up. I didn't know what any of their songs sounded like, so I did. And I listened to Saturday Night, and that is one of my all-time favorite songs now. Yeah, they're a very um, interesting band. I I have a lot of friends that are into punk that I grew up with, and they love Danzig. They love the Misfits. They love all that stuff. I've never been able to connect with it. Of course, you know, I liked some of the Danzig stuff when, when he was around and, and popular. Never, just never connected with the Misfits. Not to say that they're bad i just i just have never had that connection yet with them so but that was yeah. uh you know a great song selection with that the second tr- uh, track is rock and roll party in the streets by the canadian band axe which you know you told me that was your favorite song growing up that's an incredible tune and i think a lot of people know the song but unfortunately not a lot of people know how great the band axe is and again, like asking you with the same question with Danzig, were you able to kind of go back and listen to the the Axe catalog and and get into their music? Actually, I have not, which is 
probably something that I should do. Um, but honestly, like, I never really knew that Rock and Roll Party in the Streets was acts because I just heard it on my dad's iPod growing up. And then um, I was a gymnast for the first 10 years of my life. And you got to a certain point in gymnastics where you could pick what your floor music was. And my whole childhood, I said, when I get to that point, this is going to be my floor music. I want this while I do my tumbling. And for some reason, it was not. I don't think I got to pick. I think my coaches picked for me. Um, but that song has really been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. And I never really knew that it was acts, so I never, I never went and looked any further. But now that you mentioned that, as soon as we get off here, I'm going to. Well, I'm glad I inspired you. So that's <laughs> awesome. The third track is a very iconic song by a huge band who just released a new album today when we're recording the episode, and that is Highway to Hell by ACDC. A very huge song, and was this intimidating for you to cover this, to play this, because it is such a recognizable tune? Absolutely. I was so scared to put this in my set, and I wanted to for so long, and there's a reason behind it. Um, but I've always wanted to put it in my set, but I can't sing it like he does. Um, I can try my absolute best, but it will never compare to how he sings it. But I have this superstition about ACDC socks. Um, when I play a show for like the past three years, maybe I wear one ACDC sock and I wear one solid color sock and the one time that I didn't do the sock combination, it was the worst show of my life. So I have a little ACDC sock superstition. I know that sounds like so weird, but it's so real to me. And I was like, okay, I got ACDC on my right foot. Why don't I have it in my set? So for so long, I've wanted to put it in there, but I was just so scared to cover such an iconic song. And the live stream uh, that you hear on this EP, that was actually the first time we had ever played it um obviously we rehearsed it but played it for people to hear that was the first time we performed it yeah you know it's it is a it's not a hard song to play but it's just a hard song to cover because immediately when you play it people are automatically going to judge it right because it's such a an iconic song and and i'm fully prepared for that yeah no that's great you know i mean I don't really fall into that. You know, I mean, I think the only band that I kind of get a little queasy every time I hear someone try to cover it is Led Zeppelin because, you know, yeah. for me, that's the top of the food chain. And, you know, I, I, there's been very few Led Zeppelin covers that I've actually liked. But I really enjoyed this this take on on Highway to Hell. I thought you did a great job with it. I thought you did a great job on all the songs. But for me... Thank you. I think this is my favorite on the EP just because you guys really went for it and you delivered and it sounds great. That's awesome. The next and final song is Ace of Spades, which is another iconic song. Obviously, you know, Lemmy, you know, Kilmister from Motorhead is an iconic figure in rock and roll. And this is the kind of like the, the anthem for that band, this or Overkill, you could kind of go with either one, but I thought you did a great job too. I also noticed, you know, the bass tone, which was very similar to Lemmy on this as well, so I thought that was awesome. 
Again, what was the process with selecting this song for this for this set? So Ace of Spades has been in any of my band sets since my very first band. Because Lemmy, oh, my, no, not my biggest inspiration, my second biggest inspiration on bass. Um, and I just, I don't know. Ace of Spades is such a good song, and it's so influential to me in my playing. Um, I don't know. I just, I've always had that in my set. And eventually, once I start doing all originals, if that happens, I'll probably have to take it out if we only do originals. But as long as I can, if I play a show, it's having Ace of Spades in it. Because I know then I get the comments, I wish bands would cover other Motorhead songs than just Ace of Spades, but Ace of Spades is the one that, I guess, inspires me the most. Um, and I I always answer those comments back with, yeah, we do this one too, and we do Overkill, and we do all of these other songs, but Ace of Spades is my favorite, and that's why I play it. No, it's a great song, and I thought you did a wonderful job, and I thought you did a great job on all these songs on this EP, and it's just interesting to hear your perspective on how they were chosen. When we talk about Highway to Hell and we talk about ACDC, we have their new album, Power Up, that was just released on November 13th, Friday the 13th. As a young rock music fan, what is your perspective on a new ACDC album? What, you know, is this something that, you know, connects with you and hits you as a music fan? Or, you know, is it something that doesn't resonate with you? How do you feel about that? Um, Honestly, I haven't listened to it yet because I had an early morning at work, but I'm going to listen to it sometime today, and I'm really excited for it. Um, I think either way, if it sounds like classic ACDC, that's great. But also, if it sounds more like modern music, I'm excited to see how they did it. I do think there's some, a couple of modern elements on this new album. I think most of it is the quintessential ACDC sound, you know? I mean, I think I've mentioned this before on this podcast where very few bands can get away playing the same thing over and over again, and ACDC is one of those bands, and I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a, a testament to them that even though it's the same, you know, not the same, but it's three chords, it sounds like it's got a ton of guts and it just always sounds like it's a good time no matter what album acdc releases it just signifies a party signifies a good time and i don't know if there's a lot of bands that can still do that mm-hmm. and i do know acdc um actually last semester in my college ensemble um we did all acdc songs so i know this pretty well every single song is basically the same three chords but somehow every single song sounds like its own it has its own sound no two songs sound alike and i'm amazed at how they did that because they're the same thing but they sound so different i agree you know it, it i don't think there's any two acdc songs that sound the same but they all like it's it's just weird. It's it's weird how they do it, and it's it's remarkable how they do it. 
I think I think the only things that really sound the same with ACDC is if there's a YouTube video that plays the end of all ACDC songs. And the one thing that's pretty common is a lot of them do sound the same at the very end. They end the same way. So I think that's pretty yeah, much the they only all have way. That, that rock and roll ending. Yeah. So the EP, you know, is coming out first week of December. You just had the new single out, what was it, last month in October? Yes, October 23rd. What is next? Is there more new music coming down the road for Abby Kay? So we actually haven't quite planned what is next, but we are working on a bunch of different things. Um, I think the month of December after I get the EP out, I think I'm going to really focus on writing and see if, you know, my next big single comes from that. Um, and then hopefully that'll come early in 2021. I'm also working on another song that's almost finished. It's very different than anything I've done before. Um, so I'm not really sure when we're going to release that or how, if it's going to be in an album or an EP or a single. Um, but we are trying to finish up that. And then hopefully... 2020, 20, okay, 2021 will be my first album release, but that's just me thinking I haven't talked to my team about it or my parents. Hopefully I can get an album out in 2021, but don't, don't hold me accountable for that because I'm not quite sure. No, that would be great. Um, looking forward to that if it does happen. As far as writing goes, as we talked about in the beginning of this conversation, you know, the impact of COVID on all of us and young people like yourself, has that changed your writing approach, your writing style, what you write about? I think a little bit. Um, for example, I just started writing a song last night. It is really relatable to... 17-year-old girls. Um, I say 17-year-olds because in the pre-course it says when you're 17. Um, but it's really relatable to teenagers right now in this time. Um, because I am going through this too. And so I do think I'm writing more about how I feel during this, which then, you know, makes it more relatable for everyone else. Because everyone is going through this. Yeah, it is something that does impact everybody, you know, whether, you know, how small or how big. I just, you know, I'm curious just to see if anything had changed as a result of it. Do you, you know, do you ponder things more? Do you look for, you know, deeper subject matters to write about? You know, not that you don't. I mean, it's not in a bad thing, but, you know, what, you know, how, do, how has your, your creative process, if it has, changed at all? during this um it's changed in a lot of different small ways but the big picture is still pretty much the same um i have my main two methods of songwriting if a feeling just comes to me and i know that i need to write a song i'll do that and then also if i haven't really felt that for a few days maybe even a week i'll just grab a guitar sit down and say okay what do people want to hear um, so that's kind of like my two song methods. Um, like this one that I wrote last night about the feelings that a 17-year-old girl has right now. Um, that one was 
a song that just came to me and I said, okay, let's pick up a guitar. Let's get this on paper. Um, but then I've also written a lot of songs that I just picked up a guitar and said, what do people want to hear? I've asked this question to pretty much everyone that's come on the show in terms of that same, you know, creative process. Has it been more difficult to find inspiration when you're kind of in the same routine every day, you're not living life the way you want it? Has that changed anything for you? In one way, yes. In another way, no. Um, so obviously I don't have a lot of different things to write about because um, I'm not really going anywhere. I'm not really doing much. Um, so I don't have a lot of different subjects to write about. Um, however, I do have um, a lot of feelings like when I'm alone in my room, um, I do have a lot of feelings to write about that are honestly, they're usually the same sad feelings that um, most people have right now. Um, I do have a lot more songs about those kinds of feelings than I did before the pandemic. Um, but I, I definitely think um, it's important for songwriters right now to be able to find inspiration without actually having it. Um, like, I can't just keep writing all these sad, relatable songs. I've got to find something to, you know, write a song about, I don't know, cupcakes, um, which I have not. That was just an example. But I do think that's a very good thing for a songwriter to be able to do is to find inspiration when it's not there. Yeah, some people are able to do it. Um, some people have that, you know, creative tap that never turns off. It's like a faucet that just keeps pouring out and pouring out. And others become dry. You know, they become, you know, because everything has been kind of locked down and, and everyone's doing the same kind of thing, it's it's hard to find that inspiration. And it's interesting just to hear different perspectives with different people that come on. So I appreciate you sharing what, uh, you know, what your process has been. Yeah, and I actually am in a college songwriting class right now. Um, I'm in six college classes in addition to two jobs. Very stressful. Um, but I'm in a songwriting class, and so I think that's actually helping me be able to write about different things that I don't actually have experiences with. Um, for example, I thought that I loved you. I've never been through that but I just know that other people have. And so I had to put myself in their shoes and I'm really finding myself doing that a lot during this pandemic because I'm, I'm having to go out and think, okay, what would this feel like? Mm -hmm. So that way I'm writing about a bunch of different things and not just one. Well, Abby, it's been a pleasure having you on the show again and always great to talk with you. And again, the new EP, which is out first week of December, live from the Playroom. It's got four covers, Mother by Danzig, Rock and Roll Party in the Streets by Axe, Highway to Hell by ACDC, Ace of Spades by Motorhead. You can also catch the new single. It's everywhere on every streaming platform. You can get watch the video on YouTube. The song's called I Thought That I Loved You. Abby Kay, thanks again for being on the show. Thank you for having me.
Once again, everybody, that's Abby Kay. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and of course, we will talk again soon. Take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.